wasabi wallet. Unfairly private. What's up, everyone? I'm Ben with the BTC Sessions, and this is your daily session. Hodl that Bitcoin. Before we dive in, of course, shout out to sponsors of the show, Ledin.io. This is where you can use your Bitcoin for a few different services. They've got savings accounts where you can earn interest on your Bitcoin. They've got Bitcoin-backed loans. This is the first service I ever used of theirs, and it's where you use your Bitcoin as collateral to get a Canadian or U.S. dollar loan. So in my case, I was in a pinch. I needed dollars. Didn't want to sell my Bitcoin, so I was able to park it in a dedicated address that I could audit 24-7. And when I paid back my loan, I got back the exact same Bitcoin. And then finally, they've got their B2X offering, and this is where you use the same loan mechanism to instantly buy more Bitcoin, effectively doubling your Bitcoin on the spot. If you want to check out any of those, there's a link in the show notes down below. And if you opt to use that link to get a Bitcoin back loan, they'll actually give you 50 bucks worth of Bitcoin for free. Secondly, we have Coinberry. This has been my go-to spot to stack more sats as of late. Um, it's super easy to use. They've got a great web interface. They've got an awesome app that you can buy on the go or sell if you choose to. I, I'm more of a stacker myself. Um, but a few things I really like about uh, Coinberry. Number one is how fast I can fund my account with e-transfers. Super convenient. Keep in mind, that's Canadian. Um, but also they have dollar cost averaging features. Uh, one is called autopilot and the way it works is you can set the interval and the amount that you like to buy on a regular basis so that you can take the emotion out of buying your Bitcoin. They've got a killer, killer deal when you sign up uh, after your first $50 purchase using the link down below, you'll get 20 bucks for free. So pretty solid there. Be sure to check that out if you're in Canada. And with that, let's dive into the news. Uh, I, I love the title of this this article here from Cointelegraph, and the title is Boomers Are Fucked, New Macro Report Forecasts $1 million Bitcoin by 2025. And so what this is, is uh, it's uh, kind of encapsulates the thoughts of Rao Paul, who's a financial analyst, um, and he's been trumpeting... Uh, Bitcoin for quite some time now, um, and he really sees potential for this to to be a new paradigm shift with the global macro environment. So I'm going to read a little bit about what he had to say here. So according to CEO Rao Paul, who authored the report, um, a report on a global macro investor. Um, he was painting a dismal future for the financial market. Um, he said that this has fueled the fire of systemic weakness across global markets. Quote, the damage this does to the U.S. pension system is incomprehensible. The baby boomers will sell every rally they can to protect their last rapidly diminishing nest egg. He summarized on the market losses from March. Baby boomers are totally fucked. I have been publicly warning about this. Since the point of the report's publication, a curious phenomenon of stocks recovery combined with record unemployment has grown more and more visible. Bitcoin proponents have argued that this represents the intrinsic unfairness of the current fiat economic model. Big business turns numbers while employees and small businesses are left with nothing. RT host Max Kaiser has termed this neo-feudalism. Uh, so for Paul, 
Bitcoin represents a striking exit opportunity from the rapid deteriorating status quo. Whereas gold could go up five times in the next five years, Bitcoin has much more potential. Um, and again, a quote from Ralph Paul, he says, Bitcoin, well, that's a different story. I think this can go get to 1 million in the same period. I think it can go from a $200 billion asset class to a $10 trillion asset class. Um, it's not just a currency or even a store of value. It is an entire trusted, verified, secure financial and accounting system of value that can never be created outside of the cryptographic algorithm. It is nothing short of the future of our entire medium of exchange system and of money itself and the platform on which it operates. So he paints a pretty bright future for Bitcoin. Again, we'll see in the coming years how that plays out. But with the halving just around the corner, I think around eight, 17 or 18 days away um, in the first couple of weeks of May, that could be a catalyst uh, for this next couple of years to see some of those wild swings. And again, we'll see uh, another halving coming up in 2024, which will further drive down the stock to flow when it comes to the issuance of new coins. Um, and in a world where we just have Federal Reserve and other central banks around the world turning on the spigots, running up those money printers and creating unprecedented amounts of new currency, uh, Bitcoin stands in stark contrast to that. And we'll see how that whole ideology holds up. I'm thinking well, but who knows? <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, this is a bit of sad news. So Bitter, Bitter is a, a Bitcoin only on ramp in Europe. It's based in the Netherlands and it is shutting down because of new regulations. Uh, so um, it, the regulations are the AMLD5. Uh, and so what this does is it's an anti-money laundering regulation. Um, and they were prepared to try and deal with this uh, and and implement the necessary KYC AML. By the way, know your customer anti-money laundering. That's what those abbreviations are for. Um, uh, they were prepared to implement those, even though it would be incredibly inconvenient to have to provide full KYC just to buy something like 25 euros of Bitcoin. But they were prepared to do it until the Netherlands implemented insane additional restrictions um, about uh, having just over above and beyond uh, kinds of reporting and everything and bitter is is more or less a one-man team and he would have had to grow his operation exponentially very very quickly with no income to support it and unfortunately that's just not possible he was gonna look He's going to look into potentially growing slowly and, and utilizing the time that he had. He thought uh, it was going to be a, a six-month window, um, but unfortunately, that's not the case. So I'll just read a little bit from this press release here. He says, I was aware of these upcoming changes in November 2019 and have been exploring multiple options what I should do with Bitter. 
I was also under the impression that as soon as the law would become effective, existing market participants would have six months to complete their registration. How wrong I was. It turns out that the transitioning period only applies to those companies who have submitted a complete registration request before the new regulations officially start, probably within five to ten working days. Um, and the DNB, which is their, their national bank, uh, is the one who has six months to then evaluate my registration. Additionally, as soon as the regulations are live, Bitter would have to do a full KYC procedure on every existing new customer. Um, it just wasn't feasible for him. The fees involved tens of thousands of euros right off the bat on top of hiring lawyers at you know 315 euros an hour to maybe obtain a license, which still probably would not be possible. Um, so more or less, they're shutting down. It's just not happening anymore. Now, what I did like about what he had to say here is he pointed people towards some excellent alternatives. And we may see this in the face of kind of draconian measures and overbearing measures like this. We may see this more and more. And what he did was actually uh, point people towards more decentralized alternatives. So he said, of course, I still want each and every one of you to stack sats, although it will probably not, um, probably not be as hassle-free as Bitter is. If you can, do not use KYC exchanges. Take a look at HODL HODL and BISC, which are decentralized exchanges peer-to-peer. -peer. If you must use KYC, do not use Coinbase on that uh, and look for Bitcoin only alternatives in your country in the Netherlands I gladly recommend Bit, uh, Bitonic nice guys great company very involved in the Dutch Bitcoin community and most importantly no shit coins so uh, kudos to the owner of or previous owner I guess of bitter uh, anyways Sad to see, sad to see this go. Um, these guys started in April of 2018, so it's only been a couple of years. But uh, uh, they did provide a great service to people in the Netherlands and around Europe. So sorry to see that. Now on on the flip side of things, we talked the other day about Purse.io shutting down, and Purse was a way that you could match people who wanted Bitcoin with people who wanted discounts on Amazon. And the way it worked is you would make a wish list and you would post it to purse.io and somebody who wanted Bitcoin would go and buy your order and you could set a discount. So basically, it was usually somebody who couldn't easily get Bitcoin where they're from and they would buy that order and know that they're going to take a little bit of a hit, sometimes five, 10, sometimes much more um, when it comes to percentage wise. And you would give them Bitcoin in exchange as soon as your order arrived. Um, they unfortunately said they were going to shut down, but the response to this was so large that it looks like they may be continuing on. Uh, there, They had, quote, an incredible outpouring of support from the community. And uh, it looks like several parties, including well-known Bitcoin advocates, high-volume users, and established cryptocurrency companies reached out with interest in acquiring Purse.io. So right now they're kind of vetting potential new owners. Now, I have some hopes for this. I hope that it's an actual hardcore Bitcoiner who will do stuff like making sure that they batch transactions, making sure that they have um, dedicated uh, native SegWit ad addresses, BEC32. Those ones start with BC1 addresses, and that cuts down on blockchain bloat. 
and cuts down on fees for users, and then implementing things like Lightning Network and potentially even Liquid, things where users can get in and out, still be using Bitcoin and and not have to worry about fees when there is a fee crunch. Uh, my worry is that perhaps Roger Ver might acquire them, uh, in which case he would probably be pumping Bitcoin Cash as an alternative, which uh, I, you know, I don't think would go particularly well for Purse in that um, I don't think there would be enough Bitcoin Cash users to full on support this type of a project. But who knows? Maybe I could be wrong there. Anyways, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It looks like they've, they've got multiple offers. So uh, hopefully uh, a good Bitcoiner picks this up. Moving on, I wanted to touch on this. Uh, Bitcoin-backed uh, Securitize launches compliance tool for peer-to-peer -to -peer transactions. So what this is, uh, is a, a, a digital securities platform backed by major cryptocurrency exchange Coinbase. And so they're, they're creating tools so that uh, you can have peer-to-peer -peer digital securities transacted, um, again, as I said, peer-to-peer, -peer, uh, in a compliant way. But when you really look at this, all they're doing is they're just centralizing control over allowing people to to do things. So it's you know everything is registered. So I'll I'll just I'll just read this quote here. Once an issuer decides to enable an, the instant access feature, any potential buyer who has KYC AML approval from and is registered with the issuer can purchase the digital security from the holder if the holder has shared the transaction link with them. Only transactions that meet these KYC AML requirements and adhere to any applicable transfer restrictions imposed by the issuer via the DS protocol will be permitted. So basically, if you're issuing a digital security, you have to register and set restrictions on how and when you can uh, transact with your digital securities. And anybody utilizing the digital securities and trading it and wanting to obtain it also has to register with KYC AML and they're still restricted in how and when they can transact those digital securities. So my question is, how is this peer-to-peer? how is this actually anything better than what we have maybe because it slightly cuts in cuts down on on trading fees on something like a td ameritrade or whatever where it's it's less of a middleman taking a cut but more or less it gets rid of most of the benefits of having a digital representation of an asset uh so <laughs> I don't know. I just I don't understand why this is any better than the system that we have other than potentially a little lower on the fees. Uh, but it just kind of sounds like a whole lot of bullshit and hype just to, I don't know, to ramp up interest. I, I don't I don't really know what the end game here is, although maybe it's just a Trojan horse. Maybe these these uh, regulations and and restrictions can be subverted in the future i i don't know maybe perhaps it's a step towards that but really realistically these digital securities if they're going to have to go through a centralized issuing authority and and be tracked by a specific web portal otherwise you can't transact with them how, how is that any better 
Uh, let's move on. Demand for Bitcoin surges in Argentina as default looms. So, uh, volume in Bitcoin in Argentine pesos has risen exponentially since the 2018 cryptocurrency crash as the country faces a possible default on $65 billion in foreign debt. Uh, so Arcane Research posted data to Twitter on April 23rd showing that weekly volume of Bitcoin purchased in Argentine pesos has jumped over a thousand percent since January of 2018. However, the volume for Bitcoin and USD has also shown substantial increases of 407% and 139% respectively. Now, um, one thing to note here, so you can see the chart here clearly, it's like it's basically a hockey stick or starting to become a hockey stick chart, uh, is, is, is swinging upwards quite drastically over the past two years. Now, the important thing to note here is that the inflation rate in Argentina is also doing the same thing. Um, we see kind of low or high single digit and low double digit uh, inflation rate for the past, well, since around 2004 up until around 2013. And then it just starts to go exponential. And you see inflation rates of 25, 34, 53% in 2019. And obviously we're only part way into 2020, so we don't have those numbers yet. But that does account, keep in mind, we're only looking at 2018 to 2020, that does account for at least a portion of this hockey stick graph looking at at buying of Bitcoin, although not all of it, maybe about a fifth of it. Uh, so there is definitely higher volumes and interest when it comes to local Bitcoin's volume, but uh, not all of that can be attributed solely to new buyers. It can also be attributed uh, to the devaluation of the local currency. And one last thing I wanted to touch on here, uh, Knut Svanholm, Hopefully, I didn't butcher his name. Uh, awesome guy. I got to meet him in Riga last fall for the Hoddle Hoddle conference, um, uh, for the Baltic Honey Badger conference, rather, with Hoddle Hoddle uh, sponsoring it. Anyways, uh, he wrote a book called Bitcoin Sovereignty Through Mathematics, and he just released the follow-up to that, uh, and it is Bitcoin Independence Reimagined. Uh, it did briefly get rejected from the Amazon online store for purchase, be literally because all he said was written months before the uh, written just a few months before the coronavirus. Uh, a panic or something like that. Uh, these these concepts are more important than ever. That was the only thing, and they just flagged it, and they're like, "No, you can, you're not allowed to say that." <laughs> so, anyways, you had to adjust that in order to get it listed in the store. It is now up. You can find it on Amazon wherever you are. I ordered it the other day. I'm looking forward to reading it. But uh, congrats on the new book, Knut. Really happy to see that launched. Uh, with that, I'm gonna wrap up. Thank you very much, you guys. Uh, if you are on YouTube, please do hit like, subscribe, and share. Now, if you are on YouTube, please also do check out any of the other platforms that I am on. I would love you to subscribe to at least one of them. You can find me on Facebook, Twitch, uh, DLive, Library. Uh, I live stream this to Twitter. I'm also audio only on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
most other podcast platforms. You can find me on any of those. Please do try and find me on one other platform because YouTube, I can't necessarily rely on them. So I'm trying to push people to other platforms to ensure I don't lose my audience. Uh, if you want to help with the show in another way, you can hit up any of the sponsors I mentioned down below. That was Ledin and Coinberry. They both got deals for you, as well as Wasabi Wallet to help with your Bitcoin privacy. And if you really loved what you saw, you can always drop me a Lightning Network tip at my tippin.me page. That is tippin.me slash at BTC sessions. And with that, I am out. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and I will see you after the weekend for your daily session.